0: Welcome to the Blindfold Chess Podcast. The silent assassin, Vasily Smyslov, was a Soviet chess legend. Born in 1921, he first learned about chess when he was six and remained very active in the elite levels well into his 60s where he won the first World Senior Championship in 1991. During such a long career, Smyslov was always at the highest levels of chess. He was excused from World War II service due to his severe short-sightedness, but was able to continue playing in the USSR. After the war, he was a candidate for the World Championship on eight different occurrences. 1948, he finished in second, 1950, third, 1953, he finished in first and got to face Bodvinnik, but lost in the World Championship. In 1956, he finished in first and defeated Bodvinnik to become the World Champion, and then he lost the World Championship in 1958 to Bodvinnik and then he Was sent back to the candidate cycle, where in 1959 he finished fourth, participated in 1965. In 1983 he lost to Kasparov in the finals, and in 1985, at the age of 64, was his last candidate cycle. When he wasn't playing for the World Championship, he was playing for the Soviet Championships on two different occasions, and he held the all time record for medals won at the Chess Olympiad with 17 and has the highest the fifth highest win percentage of all time. He is quoted as saying, I always think one move ahead, but the move must be very good. A strong competitor, he built upon the theory of the Roy Lopez, English, Sicilian, and Grunfeld openings and created many endgame puzzles before retiring from the chess tournaments in 2000 at the age of 79. Not only was Smyslov an accomplished chess player, but he's also a baritone opera singer having auditions at the Bolshoi, Theater, and then Stanley Kubrick named a character after him in two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, as Doctor Andre Smislov. In today's game, we're looking at um, Smislov against Senek Kotnar in nineteen forty six. Now, if we're ready, let's begin. Vasily Smislov versus Senek
1: Kotnar, nineteen forty six. 1. Pawn to e4 Pawn to c5 2. Knight f3 Pawn to d6 3. Pawn to d4 Pawn c captures d4 4. Knight captures d4 Knight f6 5. Knight c3 Pawn to a6 6. Bishop e2 Pawn to e6 7. Castle kingside Pawn to b5 8. Bishop f3 Rook a7 Rook a7 is a bit of a strange move. Why did black do that?
0: It's probably twofold. One, by playing rook to a7 and then rook to c7, black can take advantage of the semi open c file, as well as get out of the x ray that the white bishop has on f3 to the a8 square.
1: 9. Queen e2. Rook c7. 10. Rook d1. Knight b to d7. 11. Pawn to a4. Pawn b captures a4. 12. Knight captures a4. Bishop b7. 13. Pawn to e5.
0: Playing pawn to e5, white is giving up that e5 pawn because it could be taken with two different black pieces. However, white is eyeing one of black's pawns. Can you name which one it is?
1: Knight captures e5. 14. Bishop captures b7. Rook captures b7. 15. Queen captures a6. Queen b8. 16. Knight c6. Knight captures c6 17. Queen captures c6 check Knight d7 18. Knight c5
0: White's move Knight c5 is a little peculiar. That can be taken by which black piece? That is the pawn on d6. So is there anything stopping black from taking that piece?
1: Pawn d captures c5.
0: The answer is no. That is a full piece sacrifice, but what did white have up their sleeve 19
1: bishop f4 bishop d6
0: white offered another piece to sacrifice with bishop to f4 Black declined it by playing bishop to d6. However, if black were to play queen takes f4, how might white have continued? Well for starters, the rook on b7 is hanging. Black's king is still underdeveloped. The knight on d7 is trying to hold down everything, but at the same time it is very weak. So white has threats of queen takes d7 or rook takes d7, and black's back rank is weak. So ideas of rook a8 or queen c8 are all possible. So it was probably best if black didn't capture that free-looking bishop on f4. 20. Bishop
1: captures d6. Rook b6. 21. Queen captures d7 check. Black resigns.
0: Black resigned here, but if they would have played king captures d7, how white might have responded. That would be bishop takes b8 which captures black's queen and puts white a full piece up. So a full piece up at this level is resignable. I like this game not only for its tactical flair but it also demonstrates to utilize all of your pieces. We can see that Smyslov had all of their pieces involved including the White rook on a1 that had not moved, but was still able to have threats with the open a-file. Black, on the other hand, their king remained in the center of the board. Their rook on h8 didn't move, and their pieces were tied down to defense. So that is all that we have for this week. Tune in next time, where we continue to look at games of the masters, and we work on our visualization skills.